Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Temper Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Take a look back at today's matches with Atlanta Soccer Tonight on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Welcome in Atlanta Soccer Tonight. Catching up with a good friend, Tom Robinson of World Football Index, Golasso Argentino. And Tom, what happened this morning with Argentina and Saudi Arabia? I'm still trying to get my head around it, to be honest. It was, you know, even at half time, I, I think we'd seen Argentina dominate in terms of chances. Yes, Saudi Arabia had been a lot more intense and physical than we'd probably expected. But even at that point, it was a case of, well, the goal's going to come. Eventually, one of these offside traps is going to be broken and uh, and Argentina should get off to um, what seemed like it would be a routine victory. But... Um, as things tend to happen um, in in the World Cup with Argentina, it's they never make it quite as easy as uh, as you'd expect, and um, absolute shock waves and deflation um, going through the Argentinian public now after that. Of all the games, I think the one that they had most banked three points on. So yeah, absolutely shell shocked at the moment. Yeah, we've got the forum here to dig a little bit deeper than maybe the the hot takes and the immediate reaction to it. Because there's been, in, in my opinion, a lot of overly negative takes about the way Argentina played. They, they dominated the play. They dominated the ball, which we expected. They dominated the chance creation. They dominated the quality of the chances. They dominated the shots. They had all of that. I guess the biggest thing that stood out to me is maybe – they got a little shook after giving up those two goals in the second half. I didn't expect that out of a team with so many veterans. Yeah, I think that is the the big takeaway is how they reacted to going behind. Um, certainly that first goal, you could maybe point at Cuti Romero not being entirely fit uh, on his when he's at top form. You'd expect him to snuff out that danger. And I think that really surprised people um, and... Yeah, you could see that the heads went a bit at that point, and especially when the second one came in so soon after. I mean, yes, there are a lot of veterans in this team, but I think only seven of the squad have been to a World Cup before. So there's still a lot of relative um, newbies when it comes to this kind of platform and stage. And certainly for you know, 10, 15 minutes after that second goal went in, the game just broke down. It was chaotic. It didn't seem like, it's, they'd lost that control that we talked about in the first half. So it was, um, yeah, th- that was the thing that really kind of 
worried me more than necessarily any play or any particular other aspect. It was how they reacted. And especially we've seen a group that's been so united, um, you know, the the documentary that's gone out, I'm not sure if it's come out in the US or the UK yet, but certainly um, the documentary of their Copa America win that's um, been doing the rounds in, in Argentina on Netflix, you know, that showed such a united group that it came through adversity um, and I think this is just a wake-up call. I don't think they're going to crumble because of this, but yeah, certainly um, a cause for having a, a long, hard look in the mirror. One of the tweaks that maybe we see this weekend against Mexico is Papu Gomez got the start here with Lo Celso out. I was a little surprised. I thought Enzo Fernandez came on and did well. I was hoping to see more from him. Do you think he might get the start this weekend? Yeah, I, I always thought that it was more likely to be Alexis or Enzo who was going to get that for the player who's probably most akin to Lo Celso. Mm-hmm. Obviously, no one can really replicate replicate the those nice little passes that he can thread through. And, and perhaps in a game like this, he might have been able to do that. But at the same time, I don't think it was necessary about the service. I think it was more about players not quite just timing their runs, the space in the midfield was so compressed. Saudi Arabia did such a good job of squeezing that middle of the pitch. You know, they were pressing high. The defensive line was really high. I think even Lo Celso would have perhaps struggled to get on the ball and, and do what he does best there. So, yeah, certainly Enzo, I think, would have been a better fit for this game, particularly with the long-range goal threat that he offers as well. You know, if those if that high line's not looking like breaking, then maybe having a ding from range might have been might have been a useful weapon to have in their uh, artillery. But um, yeah, I, th- I think that's definitely one of the big uh, question mark positions in this squad um, from what was such a settled um, part of the team. Um, the other sort of aspect now, I suppose, is whether, whether Romero is going to be fit enough or whether Lissandro Martinez is going to come in. The fullbacks right. rotate fairly regularly anyway. And I think there's a, there's a good... Um, Good shout to have uh, Acuna back in at left back to give them a bit more width um, and a bit more of an attacking drive. Um, but having said that, I think there's a there's a temptation to swing from being super confident, maybe overconfident, to be defeatist and pessimistic. I, I still think um, there's a, there's a good chance that they that the Mexico side maybe offers a an opposition that's more suited to Argentina's style of play, who might not be quite as in their face and intense as the Saudis were today. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the the way that Saudi Arabia played, because I think it's been lost in the shuffle here a little bit. They, they gambled on playing that high line, and they were aggressive. You see so many teams in their situation, huge underdog, really no expectations of them getting a result here sit back and bunker Saudi Arabia didn't in the second half, they increased the pressure. I thought stepped out even higher. They really disrupted what Argentina wanted to do. Not that Argentina played horribly. It's that Saudi Arabia played very well. hundred percent. I think you've got to give massive credit to them. I was not expecting that. Um, I, you know, certainly we haven't seen a side so far in the tournament at the time of speaking anyway, place that well without the ball um you know i was maybe expecting something more akin to what iran or qatar offered up but you know i don't watch a lot of saudi arabian national team football i must admit 
and it felt and certainly the mood in Argentina going into this was was massively you know more looking at Mexico and Poland as the sides that were going to challenge them and I think there is a case that they maybe underestimated them a little bit I'm sure Scaloni's team would have prepped very well for that for this um uh, game and you know you look at the the matches coming into this tournament Saudi Arabia had played very well against some decent opposition and they're not given up many goals so that should have been a warning side and certainly in terms of the media in Argentina I don't think anyone was talking about the threat that Saudi Arabia could possibly um, offer and yeah the, it, as you said high risk high reward strategy fine margin you know that's why I don't think we should focus too much on what went wrong for Argentina because on another day Lautaro Martinez shoulders onside or they you know they beat that offside trap and they're 2-3-0 up at half time and it's a different game Saudi Arabia rode out that first half and then spotted them their moment and did what they had to and then defended extremely resolutely they were very clever at little game managements and you know taking a bit of time if they needed to disrupting Argentina's flow and they never got a foothold in the second half at all yeah when you take the you know, expected goals and I know people can can get hung up on the validity of it but 2.2 to 0.15 for Saudi Arabia and that's not including the two that were called back that were offside by a combined what six centimeters is that i mean it was so close in this match to breaking wide open for argentina but it shows the importance of taking your chances and it shows the thin margins when you get to this level yeah definitely i think that's often what the world cup shows it you know teams can go out on the smallest of decisions we saw england you know let loose against the iran getting that sort of second and third goal just ended any potential hopes and, and this game could have gone a similar way although as i said before much more impressed with saudi arabia than i have been from any of the you know inverted commas underdogs in this tournament so far so you know that's a real big marker they're putting out and it just opens this group up massively now and you know it's from what most people i think were seeing as a, a clean argentina progression you've now got everyone you know fancying their chances of, of at least getting through even if you know they argentina still have got plenty in the bank to, to potentially top the group or get through at the least as you you would imagine still despite this um sh- uh, shock that's happened so far this is a game too where it felt like maybe the difference of this specific world cup showed up a little bit and that you didn't have a, a pre-tournament camp for Argentina. Players are coming in the week before the tournament. Whereas with Saudi Arabia, they did have a pre-tournament camp. The, the Saudi league shut down mid-October. They had a month to prepare in terms of, of deploying a tactical plan. They looked really well organized, like they took full advantage of that camp. Where Argentina, you know, guys are coming in from their club teams and trying to get reacquainted. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree. That's that's only going to help um, for having that extra preparation time. The, the one thing that I would say, though, is Argentina have got such a settled squad. True. Yes, obviously, Lo Celso's gone out and there's been a few doubts of who's potentially been injured. You know, there's certainly a lot of players who, who got changed last minute. Um, but having said that, this is a side that for a couple of years now has played loads of football together they know each other's game 
as much as I'm sure they would have liked a bit more time to prepare, I don't think they can, you know, use that as an excuse because it's it's not like someone like Uruguay, for example, who have right. still got lots of question marks over lots of different positions. This side almost picks itself and there is a great spirit. They know each other's game well. Um, and yeah, I think it was a case of potentially at halftime there just being a little bit um, overconfident that those goals were going to come. And um, certainly there was some underperformance from a lot of key players as well. De Paul, usually the heartbeat of the side Absolutely. was at its best. Uh, Di Maria was pretty ineffective as well. Um, there was a lot of players who, who just were a little bit off it. So I'm sure that's definitely one of the factors. But, um, and, but again, I think let's focus more on how that was an, a benefit to Saudi Arabia rather than a disadvantage for Argentina. Yeah, exactly. I think it really helped them in, in having that kind of game plan and preparing for game one. And we see this happen a lot of times in tournament play where you have a month to prepare, you're preparing for game one. It'll be interesting to see how Saudi Arabia is prepared for game two and game three. And it'll be very interesting to see how Argentina bounces back, I think, emotionally, because all the right things were said after the match. But is that something that you worry about a little bit? with their their match coming up this weekend, how they bounce back after a disappointing result. Yeah, I mean, that is going to be the key thing is to see how, how they do bounce back because so many times it's it's a case that they've managed to take a lead and they've held on to leads. I think the true test of any side is how they react in the face of advers uh, adversity. And um, certainly that's either within a game or within the context the mood around the national team is as good as I've ever seen it. Um, it's There's a lot of support. Obviously, that's going to be dented. There's a lot of disappointment um, and frustration from the Argentinian public and media. This is definitely not the way they envisaged the, the tournament starting. But I do think that good atmosphere is going to be the, the thing that carries them through. I don't think they're aside with brittle enough confidence that this would just shatter any illusions of what they can do there's there's a real grit and a lot of players who've come from nowhere or come back from adversity um i think they've got the i think they've got the, the mentality um and obviously it's now when those key experienced players do come to the fore and say look you know we've we've suffered our disappointments in previous tournaments like this isn't going to happen again you know, let's let's make it right against Mexico. Yeah, the first 15 minutes of that match, I think are going to tell us a lot about where this team is emotionally, seeing how they bounce back and how they get started in that match. So while I have you, we've, we've talked over the last year plus about a player who now calls Atlanta home, probably not for a very long time, but Tiago Almada. He was a late call-up into the Argentine squad, caught some people by surprise, what did you think of Almada's first season in Major League Soccer and with Atlanta United? Yeah, no, he he really impressed me. He's someone who I have enormous um, expectations and hopes for. But you know, he was he was contributing in the attacking third very well. He's we've seen lots of players from Argentina, um, younger players more often than not, who've maybe struggled to to slot in. You know, we saw. Barco is, is someone who, who took a little bit longer um, before you know we saw what he could do. But I think Almada is just that 
next level talent and he showed that in in the way that he became such an important player um for Atlanta you know you could say the same of Velasco as well you know they're two players who I would would have always backed to succeed in whichever league they went to but there was definitely a certain amount of trepidation after other players who I rated highly didn't do as well as I expected so the fact that he's gone in done really well and I think crucially any marker of you know a, a really good young player is is also how top professionals and other elite clubs and um, coaches see them and the fact that he's been called up and also he's been in the minds of the of the national team set up that they realized what a what an absolute gem they've got on their hands and as I'm sure Atlanta does as well in terms of they they saw that potential and they said you know if we put him around some elite level players he's someone who can already contribute despite being relatively inexperienced in international football and I think I think that yeah that is a, a huge um, sign of not only his form in MLS but also just his his technical level his ability his mentality um so it's definitely the call up came a little bit earlier than i expected uh, i thought that maybe this tournament would have come a little bit too too early but injuries and the fact that he is just so highly rated by his his contemporaries and the coaching setup um yeah gives him the chance even if he doesn't get a single minute on the pitch it's going to be a good experience for him and it's um yeah just a sign of what an absolute amazing player he is yeah, I'm glad you mentioned his mentality. That's something that, that stood out to me. We'd, we'd seen the quality. I think we knew the quality in creating chances and in, in getting on the end of chances as well. Where I was most impressed was at times uh, because of injuries and just because of, of game state, he was dropping deep into the midfield and not just dropping deep to get on the ball, but to play more as a box-to-box midfielder at times when the team needed it. And he delivered in those moments. He, he was able to play really every function of a central midfielder. I didn't know he had that maybe mentality in his game. Yeah, I, I think we saw that a bit in his final season at Velez as well, where he was, rather than being, you know, the, the tricky wide player or someone just used at the end of moves, he was absolutely essential and integral to the build-up play as well in terms of, getting back, being the guy who can receive the ball under pressure, zip it on, keep the tempo. He's, you know, like any young player from Argentina, they've got that fighting spirit. They know when they need to get stuck in and, uh, and track back. Okay, he's not the um, the physically the most imposing, but I think in the same way that Messi's got that steel and that it's so hard to sort of knock him off the ball, he can... He can He's matured physically enough in the last couple of years where he can ride those challenges. He can not let them get affected, you know, to his how he's playing and, and things like that. So, yeah, I, th- I think that's something that's really come on in his game. And MLS has been perfect for him in in building that repertoire of skills. But he's definitely someone who I see not necessarily as someone who's guaranteed in a, in a front three, but he's equally as comfortable and probably better as that, you know, advanced attacking midfielder but who can play in a three who can drop back who can who can do a little bit of everything which is again why he has impressed um the, the national team set up because he's yeah he's not just a um 
one trick pony who can maybe produce a moment of magic from the from the wing or you know as a second striker he's got a bit of everything and um yeah his his progression especially you know we've seen him have some setbacks off the field when he was in Velez as well to come back fighting after those as well um I think it's you know he's he's got a real elite mentality to go with the the technical ability that everyone can see let everybody know where they can follow you throughout the tournament Yep, so on Twitter at TomRobbo89, you'll see me um, hopefully celebrating some some better Argentina moments and uh, uh, and yeah, generally taking as much of the World Cup as I can. It's going to be a blast this next month. It's been a very entertaining start to the tournament, and there's going to be a lot more twists and turns than the one we saw this morning with Saudi Arabia defeating Argentina. Tom, thanks for the time. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Speak soon. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.